Yo, 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 yo. Hey, what's up, everybody? So today is um October the... Shit, I think it's the 5th, uh, 2020. Fucking, like, 6.15 in the morning. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a Monday. Um, you know, I'm a little tired. Actually, I'm not really that tired. Just more like I ended up going to sleep late last night, like eleven thirty. Well, I got up at like three thirty, shut my alarms off, and I felt that that was kind of a mistake because I didn't want to uh, oversleep. So I was like, okay, I'll snooze it for an hour. Set my alarms for four thirty. Did that, and then I was kind of up. And I went to go use the bathroom. And, um, and then it was the next thing, and it was like 5.30. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go to my bed and just kind of try to gather my thoughts. And then I finally got ready. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I didn't have much, much sleep. But, you know, it is what it is. Anyways. In the news of COVID, Trump's got Trump got the COVID, which is kind of interesting. There's a lot of layers to the whole story because I I kind of feel as if he down you know if you talk to anybody that's a Republican or or a MAGA fan, they're gonna tell you that number one, they don't kinda of don't believe the virus, and number two uh, because Trump never wore a mask and he kind of doesn't believe in science and he thinks it's fake and it's a Chinese virus and a lot, a lot, a lot. And he just kind of downplayed it. You know, he wasn't, he hadn't been wearing a mask anywhere. So I kind of feel like that is, you know, that's a layer. Uh, and then he downplayed it a lot. You know, almost nobody dies from it. Almost, you know, you have to have all these underlying conditions, and that's not what's really killing you. And to me, it's kind of like, but the fact that he got it, and I think now that that just doesn't bode well for him uh, going forward. I know he's trying to win this presidency, and even if he comes back and supposedly beats this virus and you know comes out clean, is still alive. It doesn't really matter because now that he's got it, now that he's had it, I think it's kind of like, all right, well, it is real. Anybody can get it, especially him, especially. And there's a lot of his cabinet that's got it too, testing positive, even his even his lady. Uh, so that was the big news of COVID. And you know what, to, to be quite honest with you, Joe Biden doesn't have to do much to win this election now. He just got to be present and not fuck anything up. And I really think he should, if Trump comes back to even do a debate with him or anything like that, I think he should be like, you know what, you caught COVID. Should have took it more seriously. Should have took it more seriously. That's all he got to say. Should have took it more seriously way back when. You know, like, you know, should have took it more seriously. It's just all there is to it. Should have took it more seriously. And I think most normal people 
you know, there's radicals on both sides and there's radicals, you know, just in general. But the vast majority of the population of Americans, you know, if somebody just comes with reason, and I think that's where Joe Biden is getting his strength. With reason, he should have been, he should just come out and flat out say, you should have taken it more seriously. A lot of people could have been saved. And you know what? This could have been over with. Not that we would have found the the cure in, but it, I I believe if everybody wore a mask and just simply hand sanitized the fuck out of their hands, you know, everywhere they went, this disease would have nowhere to go, except for a few pockets of in places. But and there's so many people that just simply don't want to wear a mask. So many people that just simply don't want to. They want to go back to the way it was. They want to go back to drinking and this and that. And it's like, you know what? And that you can't stop everybody. It's not like, you know, the law is mandatory to life or like, you know what? Put your socks and shoes on and, and clothes on and go out and, and be about your business. But there's some people that just simply just refuse to put socks and shoes on to go eat at a restaurant. That just simply just don't want to follow. Like, you know, there's just always going to be somebody who wants to not do what they're told. So... But if the most majority of people were just to wear a mask, before, and I think it would be for like a month or two, it, it, this would be this would be over. This would be done. But whatever, and, and that's you know the big COVID news. So we got that little update out the way. Now this episode, I want to talk about a couple of things. Um, the Lakers are now two and one in the NBA Finals, and I think they're going to win four to one. Eventually, I think they're going to come back. It was great seeing them dominate the Heat the first game. And then really battle with the Heat the second game. Uh, I can tell right. I can tell you right now, the, the Heat don't really have much to offer the Lakers as far as a threat. Uh, Jimmy Butler is out-of-worldly competitive. And he's got... Uh, a steel heart and grit of determination. Uh, and he willed them to victory. Game three. Um, but I kind of feel like... He's a mismatch for whoever's on him. But anybody else can be guarded. And then on our end, we have mismatches all over the place for the Heat. Uh, nobody can really guard Anthony Davis. Nobody can really box out or guard Dwight Howard. Marcus Morey is a matchup nightmare as well. LeBron, they, nobody can match up with LeBron. And we got shooters across the board. Like, Rondo is a great point guard. Uh, he's been phenomenal. The, like, all these... He, even in the last... Yesterday, uh, Rondo's been absolutely lights out. Uh, Rondo needs to be starting. I don't know who's starting lineups are for the Lakers. Uh, I've been watching the games, but I haven't really been paying attention. It's really weird the bubble because you don't get the you don't, you kind of don't get the the usual NBA antics. You don't get the the national anthem. You don't get uh, all the analysts beforehand and the the shoot-arounds, you don't really get... Well, maybe they do do the shoot-arounds, but you don't get 
the NBA Finals experience, like how you're used to, you don't get the team standing up or standing, coming out and introducing them one at a time. You don't get the fans roaring. It's kind of just like a normal game. Like they just come out and they just start playing. Um, and so the first quarters usually kick off like fairly fucking quick. So I find that kind of, you know, whatever it is. But the Lakers are 2-1. They've, they've won the first two games. They, they lost last night. Uh, I watched it. And I actually thought most of the team played well outside of AD and uh, you know then we were they were forced we were playing from behind because AD didn't have that great of a night and I kind of feel as if we were forced to take too many jump shots and we weren't really we got taken out of our game a little bit even though we had a chance late we, we got taken out of our game a little bit and Jimmy Butler just was getting to the line too too much, so I, I think it's a I think it's a, a easy adjustment to make. You just put Braun on Butler, slow him down in the beginning, and don't let him rack up forty points again. You get him to the mid twenties, and that should take care of the heat. And AD's got to be more productive, and he's got to be out of foul trouble. So. With those two things, it's just simple adjustment. And the team just overall will play better if AD is is just scoring at will. I mean that he's a problem he's a problem for anybody, so he's really a problem for this Heat because the Heat don't have anybody that can guard him. Uh, nobody none of their bigs can go out if they Olinia can't go out and guard him way out there and just simply none of the interior guys can guard him in the interior. He's just too big, too long. Anthony Davis doesn't he doesn't even really dunk. He just like puts his arms up and does a little hop and he's there. That the man has got a huge frame. Um But it is what it is. Uh I've been watching that and then I've been watching uh the Raiders lost, you know, they lost to the Buffalo Bills, which I actually thought they might have a chance of winning. I thought they would beat the Patriots and they laid a goose egg and then they laid a uh, another egg yesterday. Uh, the Raiders are now starting to pile up the injuries. Uh, Damon Arnett, Trent Brown is not back yet. Uh, Richie Incognito is not back yet. And to me, Henry Ruggs is out. It's just a lot of things that are going kind of off for the Raiders right now. We've had a lot of turnovers. Uh, Josh Jacobs had turnovers last week. Um, We've actually had a lot of turnovers on offense all these games. Uh, Derek Carr has had a number of strip sacks, but you know what? A lot of people are bashing on Carr again for these last two losses, but I don't get that especially when it comes down to the fact that we're down in both games we've been down by two touchdowns we forced Derek Carr to edge, try to air this out more than more than not and I've seen plenty of football games when if you're down big and the quarterback's got to sit back there all that happens is they take sacks they get stripped 
they, they throw picks. That's just gonna happen just because we're down like that. And I don't know if people are getting on him. Uh, the deep ball, uh, he actually hit Nelson Aguilar for like a 50 yard touchdown yesterday. Called back because of tight end covering up somebody. I don't, I don't really know. Um, that's just boneheaded on the attention to detail. And I, and I really don't, you know. He also, he hit, you know, Waller. Waller had the ball knocked away from him from by Josh Norman. And it's just one of those things, man. Like, some of these turnovers are just kind of ticky-tacky. You know, Derek Carr's had a couple of strip sacks on him as well. The Patriots got to him with that um, with that pass rush. And then the Buffalo Bills got to him with the pass rush. And, you know, it's forcing, it's forcing us to play a game that... I don't think the Raiders are able to play right this second. Uh, Henry Ruggs is out. He can't. There's nobody really back there commanding. We're in the same. Right now, these ice games have been the same position we were last year. We're unable to take the top off the defense. Ruggs is not back there. Just Ruggs, even just being on the field, allows. Josh Jacobs to get free. He's not been tackled for last night. Yesterday, he didn't have that good of a game. They, they were just simply loading the box. Um, and I said, like I said, well, you know, Waller had to, you know, just the the offense is out of sync right now. And it's not on car. The defense has been lackluster, but that that has a lot to do with the offense has been boggled down. The defense has now been on like yesterday, the time of possession in the first half was pretty much even. Uh, that's not how we're going to win the games. We're going to take the ball. That's not how we're going to be the Chiefs. You know, it's not how we're going to beat anybody. Right now, our offense is predicated on having some long, sustained drives and scoring, wearing their defense down eight, nine, ten plays deep. Uh, we and we're good at that if we got all the pieces on board. Like last year, we didn't have Antonio Brown. The pieces weren't on board. So it, it was an ugly loss yesterday. We got down like 30 to 16. Uh, had chances to come back. Had chances to come back. We're unable to do it. You know, went forward on fourth to one. And Josh Jacobs gets stuffed for no lot, for no gain. You know, it's just one of those type of games, man. But overall, my sports, uh, the Lakers, I think, are going to win this chip. You know, it's looking good. Um, kind of excited for them to do it because I, the Lakers are scary good. Even if the win, the Heat win like more than one game. If they win four to two, you know that's the the Lakers only would have suffered five losses. It's possible they only suffer four losses in these finals out of you know like twenty games, which is a good ratio. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, I'm just. You know, hopefully the next time, uh, the next podcast I do, I'm talking about the Lakers' uh, victory and possibly hoisting the, the 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 chip and maybe the start of a dynasty. 
but that's it as far as sports. I'm going to talk about, we're going to talk about a little bit about Camp Cretaceous. Because I watched that little Netflix Camp, Camp Cretaceous the Jurassic World thing. And I thought it was kind of cool. Um, it's a little made for a little bit for kids. But, you know, I kind of feel as if uh, the, the, the show's got potential. Because I, now that they've gone through the first season, I think the second season offers up a little bit more than 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 what happened in the first season. I think there's going to be a little bit more to the Cup of Joe, you know, as it was. I, I think they, they, they could expand a little bit more on things. Um, but yeah, I'll get back to talking to Camp Cretaceous. I got to get to work, but as soon as I'm done with work, I'm going to get on this and finish up this episode. And uh, I'll see you guys in a little bit. Hold on. Okay, y'all, I'm back. So, Camp Cretaceous. It's a Netflix, I think, original. And I think it's also a DreamWorks. OG. It in a vein. DreamWorks does these things where, like... I don't know if you guys seen Race to Dragon's Edge. The Netflix... I don't know if it was exclusively on Netflix. But it was the How to Train Your Dragon... Race to Dragon's Age or whatever it was. Uh, it was like three or four seasons. It was also a DreamWorks thing. also based off of the movie. Also also designed exclusively for like little, little kids. Like in the age of three to like eight or seven. You know, I watched... I loved How to Train Your Dragons. All three. I think all three were phenomenal. Uh, and then I watched the... Race to Dragon's Edge or whatever. Oh, Race to World's Edge. I forgot what it's called. And and I liked it. I thought it had a lot of... Definitely you could tell it was in the same arena as the movie. It kind of piggybacked off the movie. It was definitely made for little kids. But it also had kind of that feel like... You got to see just a little bit more of like the daily life of the dragon riders and you know the different things of the nature of that. You also got to see different dragons, different variations of the dragons. Uh, and I kind of think, moving on from that, that this Camp Cretaceous is going to do the same thing. I think it's going to go for three or four seasons, maybe three, maybe four, uh, depending on how this next movie comes out. And I think it's just going to piggyback the movie. It's not the movie. It actually... This one follows... You know... The first Jurassic World. Not the second version of Jurassic World. This one exclusively deals with Jurassic World. They, the opening of the park. The disaster that happens. Acid out of containment and all that. The... Camp Cretaceous follows that to the T. Uh, slight variances. The kids run into the... Uh, the kids run into the Indominus several times. Um, and then, you know... But there is a coast... Like, I wish the zip lining... Uh, to pet the... Brachiosaurus was in the movie. That that seems like a kind of cool idea. They actually do a little bit of show a little bit more aspects of the park. They do this uh, 
this river raft thing that uh they could go and they can you know there's different dinosaurs they see in the dark that glow in the dark uh just different things of the nature like like that and then you know that shows a little bit more of the camp uh the only drawback is this one kind of exactly is like the movie without it being the movie I, sh- they, I thought they should have gone a little bit more into the campsite of it, like what the kids would actually be doing at, at Jurassic World. Um, but it wasn't, you know, like I said, it wasn't bad. I feel as if, oh, they also showed them on the monorail. Uh, I also feel as if they, they finally got a hold of the story more so, more so towards the end. Um, as far as it being, it's like its own story. Like in the beginning, the first couple of episodes are pretty much like half the season. The season's only eight or eight episodes long. The first four episodes are just them getting to the park. Things go completely wrong, and then that's it. Like it's basically the movie condensed into like 10, 20 minutes. And then the end of the movie is its own ending. Um, but it, it basically it follows Camp Cretaceous follows you know a group of kids I think there's like six kids uh, I don't remember all their names all the time but there was Brooklyn there's the the Latina chick there's the jock there's the nerd there's um, the fitness girl the, the YouTube girl which is Brooklyn and then the main kid uh, what's his name I don't know his name, but he's a dino nerd. Because they call him the dino nerd. <laughs> and each one's got their own different things about them. Their own little quirk. Like, he's a dino nerd. The jock is a completely the tip, stereotypical jock uh, character. The YouTube girl or the the Instagram famous girl is what she does. She's on her phone. Uh, so there's just... You know, there's a little bit of interactions between the kids. I I don't mind the interactions between the kids because I thought it was, you know, they're at camp. They go to Jurassic World to go see dinosaurs, so that's what they're, you know, that's what they're about. They're gonna see dinos. They want to, you know, have fun. Now, the story they don't I. They don't explain too much, but the dino nerd... And I don't remember his name off the top of my head. He wins a ticket from playing the dinosaur game. The Jurassic World game. And he beats it. I think he's the first one to beat it. And... He wins the ticket to visit the island. The other kids... The jaw kid, he's Maserati's nephew. Or possibly son. Um, the dino nerd, I think he... He's probably no, not the dino nerd. The geek, the geek. There's an actual nerd in there that's just nerdy. He doesn't even want to be there. But I, I think all of them are put there based off of their like social status, kind of. A lot of them are rich. A lot of them are famous. A lot of them are uh, this, that, and the other thing. And only one of them there was there, like actually did something to get there. That was the dino nerd. But overall, you know, and then they meet They meet at the park. Actually, they meet at, like, the docks, and they get on their way. And, yeah, they're pretty much, I mean, the story goes kind of quick. 
the acid gets out of a ta- uh, containment, which is the Indominus, like within the second or third episode. And then pretty much the island's like at a frantic pace to try to get off the island, which they don't. Spoiler, they don't get off the island. Uh, they get stuck on the island. Uh, all six of them. They get, one of them gets separated. I do like that they befriend a ankylosaur. Uh, they name him Bumpy. <laughs> Which I, I thought that was kind of cool. Because, you know, they touched on that slightly in Jurassic World. Where homie uh, Star-Lord was... Uh, he, he was palling around with the raptors a little bit uh, in the beginning and then he got on a fucking ATV and they were like helping him chase down a, a target that was to me that was cool but they didn't dig too much into that uh, and then towards the end him and Blue had a moment but I kind of feel as if they they touched on that a little bit more in this one. Uh, they didn't want to leave Bumpy behind to be get, to get eaten by the Dominus, and they look. They start looking around Bumpy, and Bumpy actually becomes friends with the geek that's part of their. I think his name is Ben. I'm not 100 percent sure. He falls off the monorail at the end, and him and Bumpy are stranded by themselves. But I kind of like that that these. Probably, they're probably going to raise Bumpy. So just like in the How to Train Your Dragon version, I think they're going to... They're all. I, I hope they all get their own dinosaur friend. That's what, I was kinda, that's what I'm kind of hoping for because now they're trapped on the island for who knows how long. And I, and I hope that they all get their own dino buddy. That's kind of what... This is where I think the, the season two and three could really, really you know hit it off really well within the you know within this little story that they make I think maybe they don't all get a dinosaur buddy but maybe they'll get two or three you know maybe they'll become friends with the baby raptor maybe they'll become friends with the T-Rex you know they're at liberty to do whatever the hell they want I feel it's just a parody of the movie so I think if they become friends with the dinos some of them anyways and they use them to either travel around or for protection or whatever the case may be. Uh, that would be a lot. That would be cool. And I think they already started that with Bumpy. And I hopefully they get their own Dino buddies along the way. Uh, I like that they showed the Mosasaur. They they actually showed a lot of different dinosaurs. Uh, and I hope in the next one there's a little, even more dinosaurs that they get to show you and bring out of. You know, because that's something that in Jurassic World and all the Jurassic Parks, like, even when I was younger, like, in Jurassic Park 1, they had the raptors and the T-Rex and the Brachiosaur and Triceratops. And I thought that shit was cool. And in, in the Lost World or uh, the second original Jurassic Park, you know, they had the Stegosaurus and they had different... and. You know, they could just really go... Oh, well, they could go run wild with that. I would like to see all the different dinosaurs in action. Uh, the whole concept of Jurassic Park and the Jurassic World is a fantastic concept. 
Michael Creighton really hit that shit on the head way back when he wrote the stories. When he wrote the book. I mean, the original Jurassic Park is probably my top five, maybe top ten movies all time ever made. I mean, I still can't get over it. Uh, how, And I can't really get over how realistic to me Jurassic Park is. Like, I still can't get over the fact that I'm like... Damn, this fucking story. And I have this conversation with buddies of mine all the time. Like, I don't know how the fuck Steven Spielberg all them years ago managed to make this shit seem so goddamn believable. Like, it boggles the mind. But it's it's the testament how well written the story is. You know, use your imagination. Use what you know about cloning and different things of the nature. And even though we haven't really been cloning and doing things of that, but I, how far are we off that really? I don't I think we're that far. Um, and I don't think we, I don't think honestly we're that far off of making a believable dinosaur either. I kind of feel like we're right on the cusps, some major breakthroughs medicinally and scientifically in the next 50 years. 20, 50, 25 to 50 years especially when it comes to human you know creating random ass new kidneys like stem cells and shit anyways uh, yeah I would like to see more dinosaurs I know in the third I think it was Jurassic Park um, he's a Sorna that one with Dr. Grant the kind of bastard one where um, the Spinosaur the Spinosaur hasn't shown back up. And the Spinosaur, to me, was another good dinosaur that they kind of brought out and then they put back. Just like the Indominus. The Indominus they brought out and then they shuffled him, shuffled him away. I would like to see more of those. I would like to see more of the Mosasaur. I would like to see, you know, just more dinosaurs and not not nec- just more different variety and more interactions the humans with them um i like the baby dinosaurs bumpy is a cool creature small i think he's gonna grow uh they didn't show much of the t they didn't show any of the t-rex in the camp cretaceous so rexy's got to make an appearance in the second one obviously they need to they need to bring in more raptors uh but there's other dinosaurs to show so Camp Cretaceous I said, the, uh, the season one was a, it was a good little introduction a good little start to their little uh, thing that they got going on oh fuck but I, I kind of I kind of feel like too as far as the Camp Cretaceous goes I think they could they can not only show more dinosaurs and have the kids interact with the dinosaurs but I would like too if they brought in uh, you know Star-Lord and some of the in the two other main kids I would like for the stories to collide a little bit with the movies uh, I would like to see you know Ian Malcolm I would like to see the whole Jurassic Park world um, universe into this so uh, they could add a little bit more. They definitely could do more, and they they also could do you know just they could just do a lot more and do a little bit better. 
but overall it was good so that was Camp Cretaceous um, what else I'm still watching uh, One Piece uh, on Netflix I've only got like 12 episodes in I started watching um, oh, what the fuck is that show called started watching it's uh Blue Exorcist uh and Blue Exorcist is going along pretty well too neither one has really hooked me to the point where I'm like bro I gotta watch what's happening next I'm just kind of watching them I'm kind of waiting for One Piece to really get like really good even though I kind of feel like this is the intro uh, the character Luffy be buggy, um, and like I said, I I kind of feel like Luffy is a typical character in, you know, like I Ash Ketchum was never down and out. He was all kind of like happy about things. Gone was the same way. Luffy's the same type of way. He's kind of happy-go-lucky. Um, so we'll see what kind of... I'm just kind of waiting for Luffy to get dealt a, a serious blow, a serious, like, you know, a serious defeat. Kind of like Gon was, kind of like Ash has. They all have that serious defeat that sends them packing, and then they try to come back to come back stronger. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. It'll... Like I said, Luffy has just beaten Buggy. Now he's in a town with Captain Usopp. And there's another captain there that's plotting to kill the entire village. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, what else? Oh, I'm, you know, heading to Laughlin this weekend. So I'll give a rundown of that when I get back. Um, as far as Laughlin goes, kind of, I don't know what to expect, because I kind of want to gamble a little bit, but I kind of want to drink a little bit, but I kind of want to just relax a little bit and have some food, um, you know, just hang out and chill a little bit, Uh, but we'll see, we'll see how everything goes, uh, also there's two Monday night football games games today the Patriots and the Chiefs and also the Packers and the Falcons you know football kind of sucks when your home team loses the Raiders lose some bullshit you know it's just some bullshit man And, and you know you gotta sit and listen to all week all week long I gotta listen to how Derek Carr sucks fucking fired John Gruden I'm I'm just like you know what we're two and two man we just moved stadiums we just you know a lot of players are injured you know it's like damn you know just just a lot going on with the Raiders as usual uh but yeah, you know. And also, uh, I watched Iron Man 2 last night. I gotta say, Iron Man 2 is a classic. Classic, classic. 
to me, Iron Man 2 is the quintessential film that just catapulted the Marvel Universe into the stratosphere. Because Iron Man 1 was okay, Thor 1 was okay, Captain America Part 1 I think was okay. Good stuff. But Iron Man 2 just really sent the Marvel Universe into orbit. as everything it could be. Uh, all the different characters involved. You know, the Black Widow. Uh, Nick Fury. You know, Happy. Pepper Potts. You know, you got Whiplash. You, know, you got Hammer. I mean, they just... They just really sh- shot for the moon on that film, particular film. And you know what? They hit it on the head. Because I, I really think that also... Even though Iron Man 1 was a coming out party... Robert Downey Jr. is the role as Iron Man. Iron Man 2 really he really got a hold of the character and turned it into himself. Um, There's several instances where I can't tell if it's actually Robert Downey Jr. or if it's him acting as another character or if it's just all improv. I can't. You can't tell. Like there's a scene in there and I I often think about it a lot Um, he's at the he's at Monaco and you know he's uber you know Robert Downey Jr. is uber famous so you know and everybody's wanting to get it and he hears hey Tony and he's like oh my god you know he's like my worst friend is here (laughs) speaking of and then you know, he's like, you know, so-and-so here is doing a, a spread for the Wall Street Journal. And then Pepper Potts is like, yeah, she also did a spread on Tony last year. And then Tony tells Harry's like, yeah, she needs a slot. She's a slot. You're a hammer. I don't know. The whole sequence, he meets Elon Musk and he's like so formal about it. That whole scene, that whole get-up is fucking amazing, man. Uh, and then he decides he's going to go race a fucking car. <laughs> yeah, the Iron Man 2 is fucking phenomenal. Just through and through, man. It's like, one of my one of my more favorite Iron Man movies. Just his portrayal of the character in general. Uh, probably his best solo performance. And I actually think... You know, that that was the movie. That was the movie that just... They were like, you know what? We're going to make all our movies in this fashion. We don't have to be so serious like DC. We don't have to have the, the tears. We could also have other emotions. And they lightened the mood. And I actually think that lightening of the mood uh, helps Marvel so much. Because of all the seriousness that does go on. You know, you kill off numerous characters kill off numerous villains you you know the heroes often get but they they bring it back to a to a place where it's like the movies are fun to watch just for that reason Robert Downey Jr. just he he swung with the bat he hit a grand slam and you know bottom of the ninth of the world series walked off I mean he just really crushed it uh I, I have that conversation with all the people are like, you know what? I can't. I don't really know if 
Morrow hired Robert Downey Jr. and was like, look, just say the lines or a version of the lines and we will make the movie around you or if he's really quote-unquote became Iron Man and studied Tony like I can't tell I can't I honestly can't tell because to me it seems so he seems so natural doing it uh you know and he's boxing with Happy in the ring and in comes Black Widow and he's like drinking his juice <laughs> and he looks at her she's looking at him he looks at her back and she looks back at him and he's like what <laughs> <laughs> that shit to me is comedy, man. Uh, the whole movie was just good. That was good, man. And that, to me, that led to how Iron Man 3 went. Led to how Civil War went. Led to how they filmed Guardians of the Galaxy. To Infinity War. There's a lot of fun in the movies. There's a lot of sneak comedy. Endgame had its moments, too. Of comedy as well. You know, Ant-Man... Both Ant-Mans are, are the comedy. You're good. Uh, Black Panther as well. Black Panther has a lot of comedy to it. So, like I said, I went and watched Iron Man 2 last night. And I, you know, I was just, just reminded how good that movie is, man. Uh, anyways, that's it for this episode. I'll get it posted up. You know, you know the business. I'll see you guys next week. I'll probably talk about Laughlin a little bit. Things I did over there. Might be on Snapchat with it all. You know, you got to smile through it all, man. You got to smile, smile through it all. Uh, through Raiders, two weeks of Raiders losses. I'm probably headed for three weeks of Raiders losses. I lost last night by the Lakers, so I got to I gotta get, just smile through it all, bro. That's all you can do. Also, it's my birthday day today. Uh, I didn't do much. I'm doing all this shit next weekend, or this weekend coming up, so... It is what it is, man. Uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one, you know. I'm out. Laters.